Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have Dr. Ben Ramos, who is a chiropractor practicing out of Flow Force Rehab in San Diego, California. We had a really good conversation talking about everything from jujitsu to Gary Vaynerchuk, and I just want to jump right in. So without further ado, Dr. Benjamin Ramos. How you doing? Good. How are you? <laughs> good, good. Right on. So I want to start by congratulating you on your brown belt. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate so, that. That's huge, man. How long have you been practicing for? Oh, goodness, dude. I, I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a long time, man. I think uh, like 12 years. 12 years? Yeah. That's, yeah uh, I was a purple belt for six years. Yeah. that's a, So that's the hard part, right? So you know, I started back in 2006 and then ultimately trained until about 2013 and, you know, just kind of fell off track after that. And I was, uh, you know, pretty high level blue belt after that. But, you know, just it's really that's part of, you know, rising up in jiu-jitsu is just staying super dedicated to it. So that's, yeah, just you getting your brown belt is a huge deal, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, dude, it's been a long time coming. Yeah. So, um and you started out in the gi, I'm assuming? Uh, both. Okay. Uh, I've always done both gi and no gi. I probably right spent on. just as much time doing no gi as gi, especially in, in, in even competing. Okay, cool. So, and you, do you compete a lot or? No, not so much anymore. Um, yeah. Not, not so much. I used to, I used to compete quite often, but, um, you know, um, school and then, uh, starting to practice and all that stuff is, is, is where most of my focus has been. Right on. And so uh, you are a chiropractor, correct? Yes. How long have you been practicing for? Uh, two years. I graduated in December 2015. Oh, man. That's amazing. Congratulations on that as well. <laughs> Thanks, man. Sweet. So um, when did you did you start learning uh, DNS stuff right away? Um, I started learning DNS probably within my – right after my first year of chiropractic school. Okay. Yeah. So I have, uh, yeah, right after my first year of chiropractic school, I kind of dove right in to, I mean, DNS and many other things. I kind of went, right. I went hardcore into the whole, uh, con ed junkie type thing and pretty much joined the circuit with the rest of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to start, uh, kind of with a story because we, we took, uh, DNS exercise three together in Portland. And, you know, that was like the first snowstorm that they had in, 12 years or something crazy and so nobody knew what they were doing and nobody knew how to drive and they had like i think portland has like one snow plow so none of the roads were cleared and it was just like an ice rink out there it took me i think my hotel was 10 miles away from where we were doing the course and it'd take me over an hour to get there every day it was just bananas and so you know at the dns courses we're all crowded around the instructor and 
you know, she was teaching us the the technique that we were supposed to try on each other. And then she said, okay, go practice. And I almost clapped, but then you clapped. And I was like, there's another one in here. There's another jujitsu guy in here. <laughs> it's just like that weird instinct, you know? And so, yeah, so that was like, <laughs> that's how I remember you. It's just like, ah, that's the guy. So, totally. Uh, that's awesome, man. I remember that very clearly too, man. <laughs> Just the only two people in there clapping. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, when we were uh, setting this up, you were talking to me um, a little bit about uh, your kind of the journey into DNS and how you use it and how it's kind of different from, like, the protocols that they teach us. So why don't you go ahead and uh, elaborate on that a little bit? Um, yeah, well, the interesting part about it is I've, I've taken a ton of DNS, right? Yeah. And very, very often people consider me a, a, a quote-unquote DNS guy. Um, yeah. Just from my, you know, when I was in school, I would post a lot on social media about the courses I was taking and that stuff. And, and I would honestly practice a ton. Um, yeah. And uh, the, you know, I, so I, I've probably taken like um, 13 or 14 DNS courses. And then I also did a six-month internship with a DNS instructor um, as my final Internship. So I did like my final internship, and then while I was waiting for licensing, I was I was uh, in there still in the clinic with him. Um, but the um, at that same time, along with all that stuff, interesting was like I said, people consider me a DNS guy, and I still have people talk to me like, "Oh, you're a DNS guy." Um, I probably took maybe like sixty con ed courses before I finished school. Yeah. And like I said, other thirteen to fourteen of those were DNS, but there was yeah. a ton of other things. Right. Um, the um but in the beginning you know I, I i i think that was a fair that was a fair uh, statement is that i was like quote unquote a dns guy and i used it a lot and i used the methods and the uh the way they taught um kind of direct um uh, the way it was used or the way it was taught to me um but i definitely wouldn't consider myself a dns guy um i i do still use the concepts and principles and the movements that I've learned from DNS. Um, but I definitely don't use it in any shape or form. Uh, the way it was taught um, based on the hypothesis that they use and, and they teach you in those courses. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah. It's just, um, I, yeah, it's interesting because when, when you asked me about that and, um, before and I had had a little bit of time to think about it over the weekend. It's like, dang, you know, and it, and uh, and this isn't a knock on DNS or anything like that. It's just it's just been a part of my own journey of, of practice and, and learning and and just trying to be the the best I can and 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 learn as much information as I can to be the best I can for my patients, you know. Right. But um, the interesting thing is that there are those occasions where you know I may, when the time calls for it, use. I mean, what looks like. I, I call it baby stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. But, um, you know, and maybe even it'll look kind of like traditional DNS, uh, but it is few and far in between. Yeah. So I, uh, so I'm a massage therapist, so I don't use it in my practice as much, but I am a CrossFit coach and I use it there quite a bit. And I don't, and like you're saying, I don't use it the directly the way that they taught me, but I use kind of the, the base principles in like our, our, uh, CrossFit space. So, you know, like CrossFit's very linear. It's in, in the sagittal plane all the time, straight up and down. 
So what I use the DNS principles for is like creating the contralateral patterns and the ipsilateral patterns to start building stability and generating force in the different planes of motion so that our athletes are less likely to get injured. And so um, also what I use DNS for in the CrossFit space is if people um, – it's like a regression from the deadlift, which is like one of those fundamental human movement patterns where people just pick stuff up off the ground. I mean, everybody does that. But yeah. some people don't know how to do that correctly under load because they've never lifted under load before. There's like people, you know, uh, part of the – the message from DNS is that some, you know, some people forget how to use their bodies in a mm. proper manner. So, you know, when I see people that can't run, they can't organize their spine to, you know, deadlift properly, then I get them on into the quadrupedal position and get them crawling. And if they can't organize there, then I get them into, you know, the rolling patterns or I start getting them into, you know, the dead bug and stuff like that to just try and get them to have more core awareness and start figuring that stuff out. So that's how I use it. Um, but it's, but like you said, I just, I don't use that as much as I do kind of the ideas and the principles behind it. I, to I totally agree. Like DNS has a lot of, a lot of great principles. Right. Um, that was, uh, excuse, I should say, DNS is where I personally learned, was one of the many places that I personally learned those in particular principles that you talk about and then the other sure. ones that DNS also uses. Yeah. Um, I, I would go as far as to saying that that just happened to be one of the, one of the main places that I got that information from though. Um, sure. there's, there's so many different, uh, um, what, techniques or, or, um, or, you know, three-letter acronyms out there that do teach the similar things, like, like that right. whole proximal stability for distal mobility type deal, um, you know, like movement quality awareness, you know, spinal alignment, um, closed chain movement, and, and focus attention to movement. And, and like you said, though, I think one of the biggest things about it is is it provides regressions to the regressions. Right. Um, it fills in that space between – um, you know, where normally you, you, the regressions would stop, but no, don't, we've got more to go. Like we've got yeah. more places. So it gives us more entry points for a person, um, to begin moving and <clears throat> moving effectively. Yeah. So, um, I'm kind of in the same boat as you where I'm just trying to take as many education courses as possible because everybody understands things differently. So the more explanations you have for them, the better that they are going to receive the treatments that we provide, right? So, you know, and I learned that trying to uh, coach boxing. So you have to figure out how to, you know, teach 15 to 20 different people different ways to jab when you're just like, it gets really frustrating because you're just like, stick your arm out and bring it back real fast. That's how the jab is. But they can't <laughs> figure it out. So you have to explain it to all these different people in different ways before they kind of understand it. And I get that a lot. Um, in the CrossFit space where, you know, people say, well, nobody's ever said that to me before. I'm like, that's incorrect. Nobody's ever said it to you this way before. So this is the way that you understand it. And now I understand how to explain things to you. You know what I mean? So I think Absolutely. it's, uh, and so I know I don't like, um, you know, kind of like you were alluding to earlier being pigeonholed into one thing because everybody has different tools. So, you know, cause there's like a, 
there's like kind of like an unspoken battle between BNS and PRI, but I feel like they have they both have different tools to accomplish the same task, and that's kind of what we're looking for. Yeah, that's 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 kind of like the pot calling kettle black. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a whole other conversation. Right. But, but absolutely, and I think if you whittle it down, if you whittle it down, um, the more you study all these things, the more you shed those acronyms. Right. You know, because yep. what is it? I mean, it, it really comes back to, you know, motor learning and, and, and good coaching and cueing. Right. Um, and trying to, trying to do what you need to do in order to get the desired outcome. Right. Uh, and there's just so many ways to get that accomplished. And I think, like you, like you said, getting pigeonholed, like if, if we weren't to shed those three letter acronyms, we would absolutely be pigeonholed. And it, it essentially limits us, um, right. more so than it does help us. So, I, I have a ton of respect for all of the acronyms out there as a as a base for people to learn from and gain information from. But um, at the same time, I I uh, I try to um, try to steer as clear as I can from the uh, from trying to stay strict. I guess I should say. Right, and so um, so my thing is I tend to go deep in one thing until I complete completely understand it to where I can start kind of expanding my own ideas off of that. And then I figure out another thing and start going deep into that. And so I'm just kind of going in all these different directions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, so my favorite part about all the three letter acronyms is there's the, the people that came up with all of them have been doing this for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years. And then we just take a weekend course and it's like a culmination of all their stuff and we already have like a head start. You know what I mean? So totally, that's like, absolutely. And we just live in this age of information to where, you know, mm-hmm. like social media is is such a fascinating thing because you could get completely lost in it, but you can also learn from it also. And so, you know, like if you find all the different people that you look up to and respect in those respective fields, then you're just like, oh, they're taking that course. When's the next one closest to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, totally. It, because, it, it, it almost is a double-edged sword, though, because what it really comes back to is is, is time and resources. And right. when I was in school, it was a lot easier um, to 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 leave for a weekend or, um, you know, leave and, 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 and spend that time. But now that I'm in practice, it's, it's slim. Like I have to, I have to pick and choose very carefully. Right. Um, you know. Well, and like you said, you've been practicing for two years, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm about three years in, and it's, you know, it is really hard to balance that because you know, if you're not, you know, if you're out educating yourself, then you're not getting that income. But then you need mm-hmm. that education in order to, you know, learn so you can do a better service for people so that they go out and talk about it so that you get more people so that you get more, you know what I mean? So it's like trying mm-hmm. to kind of figure out that balance and that's where I'm at right now. And <laughs> you know. a, a lot of the courses are, you know, so um, I'm uh, just at the tail end of my uh, neurokinetic therapy training and I took that last week and then, you know, I'm actually heading to your neck of the woods tomorrow to take some amino neurofrequency training and, you know, those were pretty close together, but, you know, in the same vein, you're just like, God, those are the only ones that are in my area, and it's <laughs> this is my time to take it, or else I'm going to have to wait until next year, you know what I mean? So Totally. Uh, but then just, and just constantly learning, 
And so then the, that's where the podcast is too. So I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to music anymore, really, unless I'm training in the gym, you know? <laughs> totally. There's so much information. But, um, yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about your practice and what it looks like. Because I, you know, through a lot of the training that I have been doing, I started meeting different chiropractors and physios that are challenging the, the way that the, their practices should be. And... You know, so like, uh, for instance, when I took DNS1, I met a chiropractor who did a bunch of different muscle testing on me for an hour to figure out exactly where all my different uh, neurological dysfunctions were and figured out that the, you know, that one vertebrae was causing all this problem and popped that one vertebrae and then we were done. But I was like, well, what are all these other chiropractors doing then? Because they do. (laughs) And so what does your practice look like? Um. Wow. My, my practice, uh, um, I like to just consider myself a results-oriented clinician. Yeah. yeah. Um, so my practice doesn't look like anything. I mean, I, I guess I would, uh, if I had to sum it up, I would say I'm a movement, movement-based practitioner, right? Yeah. Um, if I had to pretty much sum it up. But um, that being said, if, if, if it calls for it, I still perform manual therapy. I still do my spinal manipulation Um you know, uh, but but it is movement based. The majority of the people I see are weekend warriors or athletes. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I'm inside of a gym, so um, I'm partnered up with OPEX, um, and uh, so the facility that I'm in um, is also an OPEX facility. Um, right. And so yeah, I, I work with a lot of mostly active people. Right. Um, but but when it comes to like what my practice looks like and you know it's like okay this person does like mostly spinal manipulation this person does mostly like say ART or some sort of manual therapy this person does steco this person strictly does movement which can turn into this was a DNS this is a PRI this is an FMS type guy I, right. I like to consider myself a results guy you know like yeah. I, I like to consider myself um, well, my goal is to be as effective as I can at the things that are within like you know the musculoskeletal scope of practice. Right. So, interestingly enough, some people that I work with, I won't do any manual therapy with them at all. We'll just do right. movement stuff, and that fits within their goals, and that's the most effective thing to get them to the desired result that they're coming to me for. Right. But just this morning, and this doesn't happen all the time, but just this morning I spent, you know, an entire hour with somebody just doing manual therapy because that yes. tool, that method – in that moment of time for that person was the most effective. Um, so it, it, it really ebbs and flows, and, and, and I try to just um, use whatever is most effective for the case and the person and the human that I'm working with to get their desired results. So, um, but, but, I mean, essentially I, I spend majority of my appointments are an hour long. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and, and um the the majority of the time uh it's it's really focused on movement um and then i mean i will throw some manual therapy in there and and, and some spinal manipulation or, or or joint manipulation because i mean it feels good right like right. <laughs> yeah. people people enjoy it a lot of people a lot of people do like uh do like it um i call i call i talk about it like sprinkles right sprinkles and the cherry on top and, and right. in a lot of cases you know the the bulk of the of the what we need to get done is the, the bowl of ice cream. Yeah. Right? And then the right. manual therapy is kind of just sprucing it up, throwing some ice cream on top. But then there's other cases where um, 
I'll do manual therapy in the beginning to open up that window of opportunity for movement. And there's other times where it's, we already did a bunch of movement. They just want to feel good. I want them to have a, a good experience when they're in my office, and I'll do some manual therapy, some manipulation or something like that right before they go. And that's the majority of the time how it goes. But we'll, we'll do movement first so they can get that um, – that uh, feeling of self-efficacy, they understand that they're in control of taking, uh, um, of, of helping themselves, um, of getting those big desired results. Because majority of the time, the movement uh, is 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 what brings like you know big results. Yep. So I'll do that first, so they can experience that, and then I'll do the other stuff afterwards. So. And so that was a, a long answer, but. No, no, it's perfect. So that's uh, it's pretty typical just getting people to kind of understand what their body's doing. And so, and that's kind of what we were alluding to earlier is that there's a lot of people that don't. And even right. if uh, there's people that have, you know, a movement practice, then they're not, they're kind of stuck in that movement pattern. So like we were alluding to earlier with the CrossFit thing, you're just going up and down and that's it. Or, you know, running forward and that's it. So you need to start you know, showing them that they can move in all these different directions and then start generating force so that they have more uh, tissue resiliency so that they have are less prone to injury. And, you know, that's typically what they're looking for. And I'm in a fortunate position to where uh, a lot of the athletes that I work on are also athletes that I coach. So then I can... Nice. Yeah, so then you can, you know, and my office is attached to the CrossFit gym, so... I can literally walk over there, watch them do a workout, and be like, okay, so we didn't fix this all the way, so let's come back in tomorrow and we'll, you know, spend a half hour fixing that. And so, yeah, it's just I think that that's just the way to go. And, you know, that's kind of what my whole point is, is that there's this old model with, you know, especially chiropractors because I grew up with them. My dad's been a massage therapist for 20 years and worked at a chiropractor's office when he first started out. Oh, man, but it's just, you yeah, so, you've been around I, it for a while. I have. So, um, but, you know, they just get like eight people in an hour and mm-hmm. then just do the typical adjustments and then kind of usher you on your way. Mm-hmm. And then the more educated that I got, the more I'm like, well, how do you know if that even made a difference in that person? You know what I mean? Do they right. Are they walking better? You know, because uh, in 2013, I uh, – had a really bad kind of low back injury um, from uh, so, and I told I had Doctor uh, Philip Snell, who's one of your mentors. Um, oh man, one of my um, probably my one of my biggest mentors. Talk to that guy yeah. three four days a week. <laughs> yeah, that guy's awesome. And so, um, you know, I was telling him the story on the podcast that he was on, but I was filming this gymnast walk down the stairs on his hands, which theoretically should be harder than what I was doing, which is just walking down the stairs backwards. But I thought I was on the last step, but I was on the fourth one. And I took a big step back and just jammed that, you know, that low back right up. And then, you know, took like three or four days off. Back was feeling pretty good. Um, Got under some heavy back squats. And then never really felt a pop or anything, but then had to dump that bar and then lay on the ground for two hours because I couldn't move. And then I go into the chiropractor and – you know, he just goes through the standard routine. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what I'm telling you. Like, right. I need you to work on my low back because that's what sucks. I don't need you to work on my neck right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we need to yeah. figure this out. So then, you know, that's kind of my inspiration to just kind of learn as much as I can and then just watch people as much as I can to see if I've made a difference in their movement patterns. 
you know, right. and then every, there's all these different education courses that I take where, you know, if there's clients that I haven't, that I haven't been able to help as much in the back of my head, then mm-hmm. they, they say that one thing and I'm like, oh shit. And I text them like right away. Hey, you need to make an appointment on Monday. Cause I'm coming in hot with some new stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so what are you studying right now? Like what have you studied recently? Um, geez, uh, what am I, what am I studying? You know, it, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not taking as many, I'm not as active as in, I should say I'm not as active as I was previously in taking coursework. I've probably taken eight courses in the last year, which yeah. is pretty good. I think, but yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, but I'm not taking... yeah, I mean that's kind of what I can afford. You know what I mean? Right. I save up, blow it out, and then you know the next year. So yeah. I'm I'm honestly reading a lot more books. Yeah. Um, but but I, I would I would say the last the last course I did take was uh, clinical neurodynamics with Michael Shacklock. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been a big influence in in the way I practice and just um yeah. having that um that piece of the puzzle there and really delving deep into the uh, into you know, um, neurology and, and, and just the nervous system and, and from a, from a biomechanical perspective and, um, trying to get into that. Um, that was, I, I've taken that course four times now. Um, yeah. uh, uh, I should say that I've, I've, I've attend, I went once it as attendee and, and then I, the other three times I took it, I was, it was, I was hosting it. So, um, was lucky enough to do that. Right. Um, but, the um what i plan on do, taking next and, and kind of delving deep into is uh mckenzie oh okay um I, I i use mckenzie very often in practice but i have never actually been formally trained okay. um but i've learned from a bunch of smart people that have been and yeah. you know reading and stuff like that and it's probably one of the more effective things that i just haven't um I haven't. I need to. I need to give pay pay my respects, I suppose, or you know, like yeah, really yeah. get in there and 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 find the nuances of it because it really is probably one of the most effective things that I've used. And there are some nuances as I continue to learn and and, and practice and get more of that that um, I know that I could that can make me a better clinician. So that's probably the direction that I'm going to be going in more that I just haven't spent a lot of time in. Um, right. But yeah, that's where I'm at. But I I really just been reading a lot of books. I probably learn more nowadays from having these kind of conversations and talking to, you know, certified smart people and, yeah. and, and people like, you know, Philip Snell. Um, yeah. I would even go as far as saying that, you know, like the majority of the ideas and stuff that I have aren't mine. Like, right. like I just try to get as much information as I can from people that are smart and, and, um, and, and, and learn that way. And I would say I'm doing a lot more, that way nowadays that I am in than I am from uh, taking coursework. Right. So, and, you know, this comes up a lot because the the most of what I've learned at those courses is talking to the people in between classes that are attending those courses. And <laughs> totally. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like, uh, you know, just coming from the – massage education that's you know really remedial and really kind of basic basic stuff and not to say that i don't value it because that's kind of got me where i am today but Mm -hmm. like jumping from that like right into like dms stuff and and nkt stuff where these people are really working very diligently on figuring stuff out then there's going to be that higher level of 
uh, practitioner that's taking those courses, and that's who I learn from. You know, because like you just, I just sit at a table at lunchtime and just listen to these people talk, and they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And absolutely, and hopefully, uh, like drink that way, it comes out more. <laughs> yeah, and so you know? you know, and that's like been my favorite thing about the podcast is I'm like, I want to hear what this guy has to say, and you know, right, um, like, and people like Dr. Philip Snell who's going to probably keep coming up, like he's probably forgot more shit than we want to learn. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like if we can get totally. some of that basic stuff out of him, because everything starts with the basics, right? Like, you know, totally. like, like Bruce Lee said, be wary of the guy that practiced one kick 10,000 times. Right. So it's, uh, yeah. and, yeah. and while, 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 while Philip Snell is on the, on the, on the, uh, on the discussion table, the more and more that I practice, the more and more I learn from, from people that are smart like him. Um, when I think of him, more so than I even think about his knowledge base, I think about how great of a human being he is and how much he cares. Right. To, to me, that highlights, you know, that that's the biggest highlight of the people that I like to learn from is, is they're passionate about people, they're passionate about helping people, and they, and they, and they truly, truly just care deeply because there's right. – a big difference. Um, the uh, there's there's a lot of people out there that are very smart um, right. for being smart, which is cool. I respect everybody um, for that, you know. And I and I'm I'm open to learning from everyone. But but one thing the uh, I've actually spent quite a bit of time in the clinic with Philip Snell. I was, I was one of his interns for a while too. Um, but seeing the human side of it and the way he practices, um, seeing it in person, I mean, like. In a, in a in the clinic, you know, being there for that person and and having that human side of it, and 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 uh, you know, being able to navigate uh, the situation and 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 how to talk to the person based on who's in front of you, yeah, and just caring is 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 such a big aspect of it. And I think that those people that I admire the most um, have that skill set um, at the top because there's a lot of people out there that know a lot of information that don't quite have that yet, I would, I would consider myself one of those people. Yeah. Um, and I think that, to me, what I'm seeing makes the difference between uh, a good clinician and a great clinician. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And that's a, that's a lesson that I try to learn every day. And it's, I feel like the, the universe has a way of really solidifying that where you are, like you said, results – driven instead of monetary driven. And so I think that people can see that and understand that because there's times when, you know, I look at my schedule for the week and I don't have anybody and I'm like, gosh, shit. Like, and then, so I start, (laughs) you know, texting and calling and people can tell that you're interested in their money and not in the results that they're about to receive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, Oh, I'm out of town or I'm busy or whatever. But when you, are at the course and you're just like, Hey, I got this new stuff and it's really going to help you out. Then they're like, cool. I'll schedule a Monday or, you know what I mean? I think that they can tell the difference. And, um, I think. Absolutely. Especially the people that you want to work with. Right. No, no, no. Um, and so, you know, like Dr. Perry Nicholson says that he's like, his whole business is centered around putting himself out of business. Meaning, like you said, results driven. Right. So like mm-hmm. you, you don't want those people to keep coming back to you indefinitely. 
you want to help them so that they can go live and be better humans. And so, right. which isn't really good for your business, but that's not why you're in it, right? right. And so it's a, uh, but you know, it's hard. Perry's, it's hard. Yeah. Perry's another one of those guys that, I mean, like for anybody that's actually met and they've been able to spend some quality time with Perry, who just has one of the biggest hearts that, yeah. that of anyone right. I've ever met. Like right. the guy cares like to the T and he is like, in it for the people like i mean i mean like yeah he's one of those guys i admire a lot for for his just his heart and his is um for for how much he cares to help the people that he that he helps and stuff like that and even in his teaching i mean it's not even just that it's like it's 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 in his interaction when it's just you and him talking to him right that's the only thing that's happening right there in that moment for him there's nothing else going on in his mind and he's staring right at you like he, like he's there you know yeah. <laughs> i really admire that about him Right. And so that's actually who I'm taking the ANF course from. Um late yeah, leaving tomorrow. So I'm pretty pumped to finally nice. meet that guy in person. Yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, he's a great um, dude. Yeah, cuz that's uh he was he had a his primal movement chains down in Phoenix like 6 months ago and I just didn't have the money or the time to go to that. And I was really bummed out, right. but then I saw this and had to jump on it. So yeah, I'm really excited to learn from that guy. Have you taken his primal movement chains course you know it's funny i I actually haven't taken any of his direct courses we cross paths a lot in a lot of different conferences and stuff like that um when i was in school i was um, involved with uh, the the student sports council like uh, on the national level and we would like organize symposiums and he, he would always come out and we would Asked him to come, wouldn't even hesitate. Like his yes came yeah. out right before, you know. Um, right. But and then a lot of like the Rock Tape Movement Summit, I've seen him a lot of places like that. Um, Strength Matters Summit, that was just here, I missed it this weekend, but oh, seen okay. him a couple of years ago. Um, so no, I haven't been able to learn from Perry directly, but I've had a lot of interaction with him over the years. That's awesome. So the yeah. the speaking of Rock Tape, I'm really pumped on the direction that they're going too. Speaking about you know, the nervous system and peripheral neurology and all that kind of stuff. Like their new, uh, rock blades advanced course is phenomenal. I just took that, um, back in February. So, um, and we're actually going to be hosting them in at my gym here in Flagstaff, Arizona, um, at the end of June. So I'm really pumped up for that. Excellent. Finally started getting them up here, but yeah, rock tape could, yeah, it's just good. Uh, if you want to talk about a company that's just full of great people, yeah, you know, okay. like uh, huge respect for them and what they what they do, and, the, and 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 they're always evolving and always trying to advance and always trying to learn more and stuff like that. So yeah, and they just have like the you know the way that I explain it is like a tribe of mentors. They have like the best. Mm-hmm. They're just finding like the best people and the best pe- the the best teachers and the most the most passionate people. And so, you know, a majority of my interviews are with them because they're just really working hard and learning stuff. Totally. And top top of Bianco, man. Yeah, I mean, man. That, the dude, he's another one. Like, like the guy, has, the, he's another one of those guys that just has one of the biggest hearts and just cares so much and is so passionate yeah. that I admire that so much in him. Like, every every interaction I have with the guy, every time I see the guy talk, like, I mean, the guy is the guy is just full of passion and heart. And that. And that makes a huge difference in when you're able to, in the impact you're able to have in other people's lives. And, and, uh, so it's like, dude, like that, that's, so, so when I think of, you know, I mean, if, you, if uh, information aside and being able to help people and like their skills and stuff like that, you know, like when I, 
it's kind of on that other level. It's like, damn, I want to be a great person like that guy. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. because when he was my first interview, because uh, my wife, her sister lives in Littleton, Colorado, and she's like 10 minutes away from his gym, Project Move. Mm. And, you know, I was looking it up and I realized that he was only 10 minutes away. And so I asked him for an interview and then he welcomed me into his gym and we were talking for like an hour before the interview and he was showing me everything, <laughs> super pumped up about all this stuff. And I was like, I should be recording this too. Like what, you know what I mean? And then he finally yeah. sat down and, you know, like, yeah, they're all great and just totally. great humans. And I'm yeah, super <laughs> pumped to be involved with them and, and really, you know, as any education they have, I'll take that because they're, constantly learning and evolving like you said totally uh what books are you reading right now you know it's interesting i actually read a lot more um self-development and um and you know uh kind of business oriented books uh more so right now just because i kind of have to 80 20 the practice because if i want to be able to help a lot of people that's kind of where um where my focus has to be um from a clinical perspective uh, the um uh, the most recent books I've read, I read um, Gift of Injury with uh, McGill and Brian Carroll yep. most recently. I, I've, I reread uh, Sports Injury um, uh, Rehabilitation um, with uh, oh, is that, uh, Daniel Levenden and um, I forget the exact name of the authors uh, off the top yeah. of my head. But uh, the guy's from uh, Australia. Uh, oh, okay. a phen- phenomenal book. Um but and then I also just read the athletic skills model, yeah. And um, and then I also read the McKenzie's extremities uh, book most recently. That was the most recent one that I read. Um, the um, but that one's good too. Uh, another guy that another smart guy that I like, Tom Lotus, said that it was a little outdated. But the new one isn't out yet, and so I read that one. So right on, <laughs> yeah. So I'm reading. Uh... I think it's called the principles of locomotion that's what i'm reading right now oh nice by michelle yeah yeah and then i'm uh reading a book called you are the placebo that book is phenomenal oh my god nice. I'm, yeah i'm like 60 percent of the way through that but you know we're kind of in the same boat like i read uh you know like one of my favorite books to date is the the energy bus which is just you know talking about how you know the energy that you put out can literally change the environment and the energy of the person that you're with. So, you know, and the energy that you are applying to projects can get everybody else on board as long as you're super passionate about it. Um, so that one's really good. I've been, you know, as far as like the business end of things go, I've been really following Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. That guy. <laughs> Careful, man. You might, you might lose sleep. You listen to that guy. <laughs> Dude, that guy. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to, uh, I read like four out of five of his books and I think that his message is really important for, you know, uh, especially people that are just starting out like us trying to figure out where the attention is and how to gain the attention of the people to, you know, get them interested. So that's kind of where I'm at right now is just kind of playing around with Instagram and Facebook ads, trying to figure out like how to reverse engineer my message to where it's most interesting to people because what's interesting is that you know people will just like walk around in pain and discomfort and then they only come to me when it's like debilitating but like Mm -hmm. you know it's and then it's not normal to walk around that way 
So just trying to, you know, uh, get people to kind of wrap their head around it. Like you don't have to be in pain all the time. Like you can come right. in, you know, like the reality is, is I have to spend less time on you if you come in more regularly, like, right. you know, do regular, you know, visits. And so mm-hmm. it's coaching. It, it, yeah. It, it may not even be what's going on on the table. It may be what's going on when they're taking out that however amount of time that they are to focus on just themselves, their health and having somebody there to be, you know, external from themselves to talk to them about it. Right. Cause I totally agree with you. Like some, some of the people that, 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 I mean, they're, I, I like to make, try to make people help themselves as much as possible too. Yep. Some of the people that they're committed to their health and they want to just keep coming in, all the cards on the table, they, they, they're like, Hey, I want to keep continuing to do this. I want to continue to work on things, you know? Um, sure. and, and just having that conversation over and over again, um, those are some of the most healthiest and most successful people that I've worked with. And so, sure. you know, like that, I got, I got a, um, I'm constantly learning. In the beginning, it was like I, w- I was I was spending more time trying to get that whole one shot, one kill, or as little visits as possible, and and so I can send them on their way and pat myself on the back, um, right. which was um, I, I slowly learned in practice. You know, um, the fortune is in the follow up. Right. You know, like when you're calling this person a month later, is uh, are the results that you got when you're you know in those three visits or those or, or that one visit have they been sustainable for the long term, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, in in a lot of cases, you know, we have to, uh, some people are going to require for that really long-term change, for it to be sustainable, uh, more coaching. And I like to just call it coaching yeah. because it, 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 we can get you out of pain, we can get you moving better and stuff like that, but a lot of it does have to come back to lifestyle factors. It comes back to understanding recovery, understanding just basic training principles. Some people, we don't even need to do anything except for have a conversation about their training plan and just right. kind of readjust their volume um, or the recovery or whatnot. So it's, 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 it's amazing how um, being, being that coach for them, being consistent uh, can make a big difference. Right. Or just being present for a conversation. So, right. you know, alluding back to what we were talking to earlier, there's some people that you know, because like, or like you said about uh, Perry Nicholson, just being present and just talking to that person about whatever they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, because there's certain people that where, you know, they are around a bunch of people, whether it's at their job or whatever community they're in for a majority of their day that don't really care about what they're saying or are worried about people judging them. And so just you know, taking down those walls and those defenses and then just listening to people talk without judgment and then just having that, that honest, connected conversation is sometimes what people really want. And so, you know, that's the time. And so just being there to provide that for them, I think is really important. And that's where the behavior chain happens, you know? Yeah. You make that connection and and then that's where those, those lessons start to take hold where people really start, um, you know, people, what are they, uh, People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? Right. Yep. And and, and it's it's one of those things where, and I think maybe that's why where my mind starts going there because developing that that human connection with people is is so important to to gaining clinical results. And I I think that's like it's um it's it's a kind of it's not I wouldn't say it's a lost art, but there's 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 people out there um, who have it, and there's people that don't, but not necessarily everyone is out there trying to train it 
um, as, uh, so much, you know, like, like right. people are, it's, there's so much skill focus, but not so much interpersonal relation, uh, uh, focus as far as like working with people. And I think that, well, at least for me, that's probably one of the biggest areas, um, that I can improve upon. And so that's why I keep bringing back to like, oh, that guy's a good person or that person's present because, um, that's probably where I can make the biggest impact right now. So right, as I said, right. I'm reading those self-development books, reading those communication stuff, and trying to get as good as I can in that realm. Um, I was in the Navy for nine years, right? So oh, okay, yeah. very blunt, straightforward. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. The the, uh, uh, the yeah, there wasn't a lot of beating around the bush. There wasn't a lot of uh, coddling people and like that. Obviously, a lot a big big leadership component, but it was a lot different. So my communication is has necessarily. It's 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 been necessary to change the way I communicate with people over the years, right. and, and I'm definitely still a work in progress. So right, right, and so you know, like I said, that's uh, it's all it's all the same thing. So you know, I think that you know whatever self development books are being read because I read a lot of those too, um, and it's uh, you know like Musashi says, when you see the way broadly, you see it in all things, and so I mm-hmm. think it's all it's all the same thing. So. We're just learning how to be better humans in order to make people better humans. You know what I mean? Oh, so, and that's a that's another thing. I, Kokoro is uh, something that I'm very familiar with too, which is right. a, so <laughs> definitely admire yeah. that um, Book of Five Rings, uh, uh, yep. Hakukure, and, and, and Unfettered Mind, and all that. Those are all classics that I actually read when the last thing I ever did in my life was read. <laughs> right. Right. So, and yeah. that's where, that's where I am too. And I didn't yeah. start reading until I started my massage practice. And I think, uh, uh, you know, a mutual friend, uh, Michael Ban, you know, once I started, he's the one that was like, Hey, take DNS. Hey, read, you know, Sean Butler's the sensitive nervous system. And then I found, uh, this guy, his name's Jim quick and he has a podcast on the brain. And one of them was how, learning how to speed read. And so since I learned how to speed read, now I'm just like, oh, this is so much more enjoyable because I'm not reading a book for months. I'm reading it in like a week and a half or two weeks, depending on what my schedule's like. You know right. what I mean? So then that's way more enjoyable because you're not just sitting there just, you know, and there's some, you know, like the 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 human locomotion book that I'm reading right now, like I have to, you know, mark pages so I can go back and take notes so that, because there's a lot of heavy information in there, you know? So, um, <laughs> right. that one, that one's dense biomechanics <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're talking about, Oh God, so it's so deep and you're just like, yeah. wait, you know, and then even the sensitive nervous system, that book's heavy duty too. Oh, so geez, where, yeah. You know, you have to just keep stopping and looking up what the hell he's talking about or like, uh, you know, <laughs> Stuart McGill's book. That one was, uh, the low back disorders was the one that I read. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's heavy, heavy, heavy material. It is, but it's, like, really important for me because then I start understanding the physics behind things and, you know, why it's important. Because when I was uh, trying to take my prereqs to go to PT school, which is, you know, ultimately why I didn't go to PT school, I went to massage school instead, it was because I hit that wall of physics where, you know, they're just trying to teach you physics, but I don't give a shit about it. You know what I mean? I don't, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't care why the hockey puck or the, what the velocity of the hockey puck sliding without friction is. I don't give a shit. Like, tell me something that I can use. You know what I mean? And that's where Stuart McGill gets in, like, where, you know, if you, if you deadlift with a flat back, here's the, 
you know, amount of force that's being generated on each vertebrae where if you deadlift with a curve back, this is the amount of force. And I'm like, ah, see, this is stuff that I can use in the gym to make people realize that you probably don't need to go up to that load. You could probably stay at the load you're at right now and get just as an effective uh, workout as if you were trying to go up and do the workout on rack, you know? So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then. Absolutely. So I try to offset my heavy duty reading with not so much so that I'm not completely overwhelmed and trying to like think about that stuff all the time. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it's an ongoing process. That's for sure though. It's just, it never ends. Like I, I was just texting with a friend. Well, one of the coaches that, uh, I actually kind of talk with every day, right? Cause he's the, he's the, he's the owner and head coach over here at, uh, at the OPEX SD North where I, yeah. that I partner up with. Um, his name is Ryan Bucchini. He's yep. super Italian name, but, um, man, it's just like, sometimes it's hard. Like you, I, you just feel like, dang, like it's a pretty big mountain we've got to climb as far as knowledge base, right? Like it's, it's right. definitely fun along the way, but every once in a while you, you stop for a second and you look up the face of that cliff and you're like, whoa, like, you know, you feel pretty small. So, right. But that's, <laughs> but they, they were where we are at one point. And right. so where they were looking at the, the that face of that cliff going, holy shit. Right. But then they just kept climbing and climbing, and so that's why it looks like they're totally. so much further ahead. And I think that's one of the things that I love about OPEC so much is because it's it's almost a requirement to have continuous learning in order to be a coach for them. And so right. uh, my wife was uh, – so I took uh, – Michael Bann and I trained together at CrossFit Flagstaff years and years ago. Nice. And um, he was He's another awesome person, by the way. Yeah, he was one of the uh, he was a coach for my wife for uh, two years, like really helped her um, get out. Like she's a, a CVICU nurse and was on night shift for a really long time, got all screwed up from that. Um, and he really kind of helped her over the course of two years kind of get back. And then, you know, awesome. they um Kind of, unfortunately, their the, their relationship kind of, you know, separated. Um, and I think it was he just did all the work that he needed to do with her, and then they were just kind of done. Um, yeah. But yeah, that guy, he's a, you know, he's a real beacon for people too. I think. Um, yes, absolutely. I, I, I just last Wednesday, um, I, uh, he was coming through to San Diego. I was lucky enough to have dinner with him and a, and a couple, two, three drinks with him um he was in town to go to one of the people that he coaches uh ceremonies right yeah yeah um, you might have seen his recent post where you know the police officer you know he got like a medal of valor and another one but yeah. it's just like the dude is like the epitome of, of a high quality coach yeah um always learning always reading and 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 definitely you know consistently trying to make himself better so he can help people and it's like dude like totally admire that in him and it's like yeah. like i said like he was out here he, he's he's i mean it, it's not the first time i he, he flies around to do that kind of stuff a lot and it's just it's yeah. pretty inspiring it's pretty it's yeah. pretty awesome and so you know that's one of the the things that i try to emulate you know just like constantly learning and constantly trying to get as much information as i can you know because uh, and, you know, the Gary Vaynerchuk, that's part of where his message is so important. Like, you know, you and me have only been doing this for a couple of years, so we're early. We're early in the process, so don't worry about it. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, if we keep going at the rate we're going right now, then we're going to be – we might be that role model for somebody. You know what I mean? And yeah. so 
you know, and like you said, ever or ever since I met you at the that DNS course a couple of years ago, I've been following you ever since, and you're one of the people that I look up to. So it's just really fun to have you on the conversation. Man, I appreciate and, uh, that, dude. That means a yeah, lot. absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what are what books would you recommend to somebody? Because I think um, I'm gonna kind of rewind back to you know, the book of the five rings or uh, one of the books that, you know, I gifted the most was uh, Living the Martial Way. And this was, you know, the reason why I started martial arts in the first place is because I was just terrified of conflict. Just being, you know, uh, bullied a lot growing up and being picked on all the time and, um, you know, then getting married and then divorced and just being completely lost as a human being and just being like, look, that shit's scary scares the shit out of me. I want to learn as much as I can about it. So I just joined like this local uh, mixed martial arts gym. And then once you, you know, I feel like we have very similar personalities, but like once you get into that thing, then that's the thing you're into. So then you're learning as much as you yeah. can about it, you know, renting all the old USC DVDs and, and oh, yeah. oh my God. And then like totally, reading dude. all the different books and learning about all the different, you know, martial arts and it's uh I, I feel like those were really instrumental and they just still kind of carry that message over time. And, um, but yeah, what books would you recommend to people? That's a tough one. Um, uh, for a martial artist, I think Hagakure is probably like my, my, my number one. Um, uh, just the whole message in there, um, about, you know, uh, spending time thinking about, uh, imminent death. I know it sounds all sounds all crazy, right? But you know, right. just uh, how much how how much freedom that gives you, and how much it helps you focus and stuff like that. But that's probably one of my favorite books when it comes to martial arts. Yeah. Um. Uh. The um. But you know, yeah, Hagakure, the Book of the Samurai. But when it comes to, I mean, it really depends on where a person's at and what they can use. I think the one that I've actually recommended to people the most is probably the Obstacles Away. Oh yeah, um, that's a good one. Yep. And then another one, especially for people that are like um, in situations like 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 you and I are, is the Perfect Day Formula by Craig Valentine. Perfect Day Formula, got it. Yeah, I think I think that was actually the that was probably my first non-clinical, non-martial arts book that I started reading that I, that I read, and that uh, propelled me into start reading and just reading a ton more about you know about non a uh, ton more non-clinical and more self-development type stuff. I, I, I That was the first one. I heard about it um, from the Fit, um, fit Cast, what is it? The, the, um, Kevin Larrabee's podcast. Um, okay. Right? And uh, I heard about it on there, and it was like an impulse purchase. I bought it, read it, and, I mean, it's changed my life. I read it, I read it probably like every quarter or something like that. It's a quick read, easy but it just kind of helps me refocus and stuff like that. So, And I've gifted right. that to a lot of people. Yeah, so the one that Michael Ban uh, recommended to me was The Way of the Superior Man. And he's like, this is going to change your life. And I'm like, well, bullshit. There's no book <laughs> that changes your life. But then I read it, and I was like, oh, he was right. It changed my life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's just so many, though, right? There's so many, yeah. And so it's all, yeah. you know, really dependent on the message that you need to hear because there's some books yeah. that I've bought where I get, like, 20% through it. I'm like, I don't need this right now. But then I revisit it. Um, totally. I just I totally just spaced the book. Oh, my God. It's, it's a really uh, famous one of 
this guy who, you know, survived the concentration camps in World War II. Man's Search for Meeting, Peter yes, Frankel. That's, Frank. that, yeah. that, that's probably another one of the ones that I, I'd recommend the most because, like, um, just to center and ground yourself, right? Because I don't know about you, but I'm one of those anxious folks and, 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 uh, um, you know, that, that, that's one of those books that you read and you feel like, okay, I'm doing okay. Right? Yeah, we're doing fine. <laughs> so, and that, you know, that message comes up a lot. Like you're, I'm so focused on the week ahead where I don't have any clients. And then, but the reality is as a whole, I always get what I need. Always, mm-hmm. you know, so if you're, um, so, you know, the, the, you are the placebo is kind of where I've been lately, which is like the epigenetics where you create the environment that you live in. Right. Totally. So if you create this anxious environment about this business that you just started and you're probably not as successful as you have it in your mind, then you just have to be in the moment and be like, look, I'm doing fine. I have, you know, right. my dogs still have food. I still have a house that I live in. You know what I mean? My wife still loves me. I'm kicking ass right now. You know what I mean? So I always get what I need, right? Absolutely. And, so, and that's going to propel you and, and, and that's going to bring forward that positive energy. It's going to help your practice. Right, and it's going to help you, and it's going to help yeah. the people around you too. And Absolutely, so, that that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I've that I've I've had I had to learn over the first over my first year of practice right. is I didn't balance the Gary V that I was listening to. I mean, I love yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk. I've read every right. single one of his books, right. and and listen listen to his stuff a lot. Um, but I think there's different you know different people have different levels. You know, I'm not one of those people that can just work 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 and not and not sleep and not do the personal stuff. Right. Um, and so like my first year in practice, I wasn't really training very much. Um, I mean, I was working in a gym and, and, and like doing, not, not prioritizing my gym time, my workouts as much as I was, cause I was so focused on business and stuff like that. And I was just killing myself in that regard. And then it got to a point where it was just like, I, I don't remember exactly what point it was, but I was like, this is just not going well. And once I was able to take a step back and like refocus on myself, not only was everything okay, but everything got a lot better. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and because uh, yeah. that's that balance, it's really important. You know totally. I mean? Totally. So, um, you know, where I'm trying to find that right now is I'm not, you know, drinking the CrossFit Kool Aid anymore, and I haven't been for a long time. So now I'm trying to figure out what my new movement practice is and what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And you know, like the the strength portion is always really fun, but you don't have any cardiovascular conditioning, you know, because I remember you know, when I was in really good shape, like using CrossFit to train as a supplement to train for my jiu-jitsu tournaments, you know, I wasn't very strong, but I could go all day. You know what right. I mean? And now, like, I go to one jiu-jitsu class, and I'm like, what the fuck? This is the easiest part of my day, and now I'm just getting wrecked in here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then, you know, that's also part of the, uh, you know, not being as comfortable as you used to be, so then you're just, you're, not used to being in those situations anymore and you're you right, know, you right. Know, being, like, being able to breathe under when you're well you gotta be able to breathe right yeah <laughs> you gotta, yeah for you gotta sure. be there and calm yourself down not freak out yeah right and so you know i'm still okay with getting choked but like you're and still kind of working through stuff but i still that level of panic sets in because i'm not getting choked all the time you know what I mean? So then <laughs> <laughs> it's so therapeutic. It, really it is. is. Well, People don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Well then it's like the, the just, that's why martial arts is so good for everybody anyway. Just like, you know, you need to get hit in the face every once in a while. Oh, because man. then, yeah. because you know, 
you know, I would go in for this big job interview and I'd be all nervous and I'm like, well, I don't have to put my mouthpiece in, so it's not that big a deal, right? Like, totally. Or just getting, you know, because I've been just like all of us have been choked completely unconscious and there's nothing that's like, you're just like, what the hell happened? And you're just freaking out because you lose time and you're just like, you know, or like the first time I was ever in a gi ever, my coach got me in a bow and arrow choke and I was like, what was that? <laughs> Like, that was literally the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Put your life in perspective, you know? <laughs> probably, probably my favorite choke, my favorite gi choke. Oh, my God. Yeah. That thing is savage. It's yeah. – oh, my God. But there's there, there's so much truth to that, though. Like, like the um, – forcing yourself to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations, you know? Um, yeah. Like, for some people, that's trying to focus your breathing while you're in a, a, a tub of ice water, you yeah. know? Um, for us, it's when you've got somebody who's more skilled than you on top of you and you have to think your way out of it. Um, yeah. you know, um, but it, it, it's just, and for me, it's like meditation. Like, um, that's what jujitsu is for me. Like I, I cannot, you can, I cannot effectively do jujitsu and not be present. Well, you have um, to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Otherwise you might get somebody's sweat in your eye. Right. Or, <laughs> or you're just, or you're just like, you know, you're yeah. just. You're just screwed is the base. Like if you're not present yeah. in the moment in jujitsu, then you're screwed. And so, right. you know, I had uh, uh, one of my friends who was going down to a jujitsu tournament and he called me. He's like, hey, can you help me practice ankle picks? I'm like, sure. When's your tournament? He's like, tomorrow. And I'm like, you're not oh, going to get good at it. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, what mm-hmm. if the guy takes me down and arm bars me? I'm like, you don't know anything. You haven't even weighed in yet. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, yeah. He's going to go practice ankle picks. And the first guy he goes up against is going to pull guard. <laughs> right. And then he's going to not know what to do. And then he's going to be worried about the arm bar and then wake yeah. up unconscious on the mat, you know? So it's like, yep. you got to, like, I think, uh, like, jujitsu is really important. And also, I think, uh, competition is really important too because you're just, you know, okay, what are we doing now is the question that you're asking yourself constantly throughout that four minutes. You know what totally. I mean? If you, and so, um, the last, the last tournament I did, um, was our grapplers quest in Las Vegas. And we, our first guy was going at eight o'clock in the morning and I didn't go until four o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, oh, I'm there, I know. So I'm, I'm filming all my friends and getting all their videos and all their matches on the video. And then I keep hearing my name. I'm like, Oh, that's me. And then I go in and I put my mouthpiece in and then this wrestler just started assaulting me. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, I am not <laughs> mentally prepared for this right now. Like, holy right. shit. And this, the, the, you know, I just wasn't, I was filming my friend like two seconds ago and now I'm being like viciously assaulted by this guy. You know right, what I mean? right, right, right. That's it's why I I competed so much as I did when 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 I was competing a lot. It's just because it was so uncomfortable for me. Like I didn't play um I didn't play uh, uh in traditional sports like um past middle school. Right? Like um I I I surfed, I skated, I uh did break dancing, uh but you know, I mean prior to that I would I would play whatever was in season, but um you know, I didn't wrestle or nothing like that. And then once I found jiu-jitsu, I just wanted to compete a bunch. Um Right. But, like, competing for me wasn't easy. Like, in the beginning, I, I had a hard time being able to focus and, and being able to be in that zone and stuff like that. And that's why I was competing so much just because I was like, dude, I got to get this under control. And the only way to do it is just get into that situation as often as I can control myself, you know. Right. And so, 
you know, like I said, uh, getting starting out in mixed martial arts, I had, uh, you know, one cage fight and it was an amateur cage fight. So the guy outweighed me by like 20 pounds and just, you know, then this is where I fell in love with jujitsu because I hit him really hard like twice and then he just walked through my punches. I'm like, well, shit, now what do I do? You know what I mean? <laughs> and so then I, uh, was able to pull guard and kind of survive the whole first round and, and, you know, but that was just like the culmination of me no longer being afraid of confrontation. And then I just wanted to prove to myself that I was capable. And that's where competition came in. Um, awesome, so, man. yeah, so then, you know, doing multiple jiu-jitsu tournaments and then ultimately doing like a lot of CrossFit competitions and just, you know, being, you know, mentally and physically prepared for those things was just really important for me to do. And so now I've kind of... um I've proved to myself everything that I needed to prove to myself. So now I don't compete anymore. So now my life is trying to figure out that balance. Like how much do I need to exercise to be fit? You know, how much do I need right. to do jujitsu in order to, you know, keep my wits about me. And if I do get into an altercation somewhere. And so the biggest challenge for me is like diet because I used to always be cutting weight. So I had to eat healthy for this or eat healthy for that. And so, now that I'm not competing, now I'm just like, well, you know, how do I eat healthy for life? I don't understand what that means. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. I'm trying no, to figure totally that get out. It. Yeah, so it's a, it's a journey, man, and that's just constantly what we're trying to figure out. Well, if it wasn't for jiu-jitsu, I wouldn't be a chiropractor. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I, um, I, the whole reason I'm, I'm a, uh, I got into this and movement and rehab and, 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 uh, and, and the, whole, the whole reason I went to chiropractic school is because of jiu-jitsu and the injury that I had. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So once yeah. once you have that identity as an athlete um, and you realize how incredibly important it is to you to be an athlete, then you realize how important it is for everybody else also. So, like, you know, there's, I think that the craziest people on earth are those runners, man. Like, there's times where I'm driving to the gym to, to coach a 6 a.m. class in the middle of a snowstorm and I see this little headlight bouncing through this snowstorm and I'm like, why are you out here? Like that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? And so if you're willing to run in the dark, in a blizzard, then if you roll your ankle or hurt your knee or hurt your hip, it's then it's like devastating for you because that's your meditation time. That's your, that's your time to be you, you know? And so that's, a huge reason why I got into it as well is to, you know, help people get back to their physical practice. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, one hundred percent. The, uh, the, um, uh, knowing how much it means to people, you know, like for me, I mean, so I was I actually um, had a big, big hip injury when I was when I was doing jiu-jitsu, and I was I had six months left in the navy. I was about to get out of the navy, and I had a nest egg, and I was uh, going to do jiu-jitsu full time. Like I, yeah. I wasn't great, I wasn't great competitor, but I was dedicated, and that was nobody's easy role, you know. Um, right. And I was going to do jiu-jitsu full time. I was going to give it like two years, see what happened, whatever. Just you know. Um, but then I had a hip injury, man, and, and, and I just got bounced around, uh, um, military medicine. Nobody could, nobody really gave a shit. That's how I yeah. thought. And if, if they did give it, if they did care, um, the, to me, they didn't care enough. Or nobody really tried to look at my situation as, uh, um, as unique and try to address it based on, like, where I was at, or it, it was really bad. Um, and I, I went to a lot of people. I, I went to, um, 
private and military PTs. Um, you know, I went to acupuncturists, I went to chiropractors, I, went, I got massage therapy. Um, I mean, I, I, I try a lot of things. And then finally, I, uh, a chiropractor, one chiropractor spent a ton of time with me talking to me about my goals, yeah. this, that, uh, um, and whatnot. And I was like, cool. And I was like, after I, I got to my car, I sat in my car, and I was like, I'm going to be a chiropractor. I want this yeah. to happen to anybody else. And then, right. uh, I, mean, I mean, I was a mechanic. I was a grease monkey, um, had no college education. Um, and then from that day forward, I started like, uh, I, I said, I'm going to be a chiropractor. And then uh, got out, took every remedial course in college, you know, started at Mass 10. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then here right. I am. So. But yeah, if it wasn't for jiu-jitsu, I wouldn't be here. So That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, cool. All right. Well, I don't want to uh, take up too much of your time. Uh, where can people uh, find out more information about you and your business? Uh, they can find me at flowforcerehab.com on Instagram. I'm at flowforcerehab. And then also on Facebook, flowforcerehab. I try to post post some stuff here and there. Um, if anybody wants to contact me directly, they can feel free to email me at uh, Dr. Ben, D-R-B-E-N, at flowforcerehab.com. Um, yeah, I'm pretty open, so if people want to contact me, ask me any questions, or just have a conversation, or, you know, tell me how much I suck, whatever, I'm open to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, thank you. This is uh, it was a pleasure to be on here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely.